I'm Philippa Tolley and you're listening to Insight from RNZ. This program investigates the latest cancer drugs. Pharmac is under extreme pressure to fund a new generation of drugs that can stall and shrink tumours in some patients. It looks like a game changer, which may cure cancer in some, and it's funded in Britain and Australia for advanced melanoma. But Pharmac's holding back, citing the high cost and clinical data it says is still inconclusive about long-term benefits. That's led senior scientists and doctors who stress they back the Pharmac system to demand it takes a closer look. New Zealanders revel in an outdoor lifestyle with lots of sun and sand, like here at Oriental Bay in Wellington, but it comes with risks. About 3,000 New Zealanders a year develop the most deadly type of skin cancer, melanoma, and about 350 die from it. It can spread rapidly, including into the brain, and survival is measured in months, not years. It's the fourth most common cancer, and New Zealand has the highest rates in the world with Australia. Patients with no effective alternative therapy for advanced disease are digging deep for a promising new unsubsidised medicine. I've been fortunate that I've been able to fund the drug out of saving, but there are people out there that have uh, just got no way of funding the drug at all. The cost is eye-watering at about $200,000 a year, meaning the wealthy can access it while others can't. That sparked debate about fairness and equity. I would be ashamed as a New Zealander, absolutely ashamed that we as a nation could not get cancer treatment across the line for all cancer patients. Scientists and doctors too are in a bind, backing the Pharmac process, but many also wanting their patients to have access to the new class of drugs. These drugs look like they are actually going to save lives and that patients are going to be able to resume effectively a, a relatively normal life. I'm Karen Brown and this insight asks whether New Zealand will fund an apparent revolution in cancer care and whether we can afford not to. My first experience of melanoma was a mole on my shoulder. It was removed. They were hopeful that they had caught it in time. Unfortunately, the following year, I became unwell, nauseated, found it difficult to eat. Upon scanning, it was discovered that there was evidence of disease. A 45-year-old Wellingtonian, Catherine Williams, was devastated with that diagnosis in 2008. I underwent two surgeries which resulted in both my ovaries being removed, part of my right kidney, and it was at that time, once the histology came back, that I was diagnosed and given 9 to 12 months to live. She says in contrast to some other cancers, there is no effective funded treatment for advanced melanoma, just chemotherapy or decarbazine, which experts and Pharmac all acknowledge is ineffective. Her melanoma is currently in remission, but that's not the end of it. Cancer is transmitted via your bloodstream and your lymphatic system. For people like me, where the cancer is spread to your organs, you can't reverse that, so you are not cured. It's a matter of when the cancer will return. Catherine Williams is one of many melanoma patients nationwide fighting and fundraising for access to the first of a new class of immunotherapy drugs. Pembrolizumab, sold under the name Keytruda, has been registered but is not yet funded in New Zealand. She says it's ludicrous that patients are denied access. 
You die of metastatic melanoma. So the watchful waiting has become an inhumane approach when you have products on the shelf that are available, that are currently being used in this country, within the private sector, for melanoma patients, but are not available for the complete patient cohort. Late last year, Pharmac approved pembrolizumab, but crucially gave it a low priority for funding, citing cost and a lack of long-term data on effectiveness. It's still reviewing latest information on the drug and an equivalent one, nivolumab, which isn't yet registered for use in this country. The decision by Pharmac means 200 to 300 New Zealanders who may benefit from a new immunotherapy drug must dig deep, fundraise or go without. I'm in Auckland's vast, sprawling suburbs, and I've come to see Malcolm Benjamin, who's um, got advanced melanoma, and has been out this morning having pembrolizumab. Hello, Malcolm. Yeah, Pleased to meet you. Mr Benjamin, who's 63, discovered he had melanoma in late 2013. He had an itchy mole on his lower back cut out, then lymph nodes removed after it spread to his groin. He hoped he was cancer-free after that, but early last year, a scan confirmed it was back. He had stage 4 or advanced melanoma. He says it was a cruel blow, especially as he has never been a sun worshipper. I had a very healthy lifestyle. I mean, I was a uh, cyclist who would think nothing of going out on a Saturday or Sunday and cycling 100 k's. So yes, why me? But, uh, but it's no point dwelling on it. We just have to uh, get on with, with life look at the treatment options and then choose where we go to from there, which, which we did, and it was a family, a family decision. This decision was, in the absence of health insurance, to pay $250,000 for an early immunotherapy drug, ipilimumab. Later, he switched to pembrolizumab free under a compassionate access program offered by drug maker Merck Sharp and Dome to 18 people. They remain covered, but Merck says this access stopped when the drug was registered. It says about 50 patients also get pembrolizumab free through clinical trials. But the company won't say how many people are having to pay for themselves, citing commercial sensitivity. Cancer experts estimate 20 to 30 New Zealanders are in this group. RNZ also understands one patient is accessing the drug through ACC for delayed diagnosis, even though it's not publicly funded. ACC refused to answer questions, however, saying where there are four or fewer claims, it's unable to provide further information for privacy reasons. For his part, Malcolm Benjamin appreciates the free drug, but must still meet large related costs, including the three weekly infusions at a private clinic at about $2,171 a session and the blood transfusions he also needs. All up, he estimates he's spent about $300,000 so far. My wife's still got a, you know, she's still only in her early 60s. She still has a, uh, the rest of her life to live, and I wouldn't have felt comfortable selling the family home or uh, remortgaging the family home to, uh, to fund a, a drug program. So that would have been my view of the world. So you're basically, you're at the limit now in terms of what you're prepared we're, to put towards this. We're, we're getting to a stage that we're going to have to seriously think in the near future as to uh, how much further we go. But he understands the position Pharmac is in and acknowledges it can't fund everything. However, I don't think Pharmac or the government look outside the square. I mean, there's fully funded drugs and they could certainly have looked to part fund drugs, but they have chosen to, uh, at this stage, not to do either. He credits Pembrolizumab for the fact he's still alive.
no matter what way we look at it, I'm terminal. Whether it's this year, next year, or, or ten years down the track, no one, no one knows. And and the success of that is all based on uh, pembrolizumab. One of his daughters, Jody, says the drug has definitely helped her father. It's given us 15 months of nice time. Dad and I go for a walk just about every day, so we we really get a lot of time together. 15 months of spending an hour with my dad every day has been really lovely for me. Nevertheless, more difficult decisions confront the family following a recent scan. In the places where the cancer had initially been identified, everything was stable. However, they found some what they call hot spots, which I think we could call tumours, um, in my small intestine. So we have now got another complication that we have to face. So what exactly are immunotherapy drugs and why are patients so keen to get them? Welcome to the Science Podcast for December 20th, 2013. Next up, we have Jennifer Cousin-Frankel, who's been covering the breakthrough of the year, cancer immunotherapy. The American Association for the Advancement of Science explains in a podcast why its world-leading journal, Science, named the development its breakthrough of the year. But how good is it really? How does it work? And what about the all-important cost? I'm at Auckland University, the home of the Morris Wilkins Centre. Now, it's, it's a centre of research excellence. It's headed by Professor Rod Dunbar. Now, he's an expert in immunology, or using the body's own immune response to combat cancer. And he says the new immunotherapy drugs are indeed a breakthrough, and one New Zealand can't ignore. The idea that the immune system can fight cancer is ancient. It's been around for a very, very long time. And so for generations, people have been struggling to understand how the immune system interacts with tumour cells. Now, it's been quite well established for quite a long time now that there are white blood cells that can recognise cancer cells and kill them. And those white blood cells are called T-cells. And um, these white blood cells when they come across a cancer cell, they recognise little fragments of proteins on the outside of those cancer cells as being abnormal, non-self. In other words, not something that the immune system wants to tolerate. And so what happens when they recognise that it's a cancer cell is they'll snuggle up to it and they'll poke a hole in it and they'll inject it with toxins and the tumour cell will die. And it's an incredibly efficient process when you look at it in laboratory dishes, we do. But the puzzle has always been, why does that when you look at patients' uh, tissue, you can quite often find these cells have got into the tumour and uh, there's some signs that they've killed a few cancer cells, but the cancer is still growing. And it's only recently become evident, really, that these T-cells, these white blood cells, have lots of off buttons on the outside of them. And what the tumour has learned to do is to push those off buttons and switch them off. The really exciting new development, which is what's creating the whole furore and indeed what we now know as a revolution in healthcare is upon us, is really about the recognition that all these big red off buttons on the outside of the immune cells, the white blood cells, can be blocked with drugs. You can put a white plastic shield over the top of it that prevents the cancer cell from pressing those buttons. Professor Dunbar says just 7% of patients responded to the first of the new generation drugs, ipilimumab or IPI. 
But the thing that was really dramatic was that the patients that did have responses to that drug didn't just have their tumour growth delayed, their tumours actually went away and they stayed away. The thing that got everyone so excited about that drug was that the clinical signal was quite different from what you're used to in cancer therapy. In most chemotherapy, what you will see is that you will see that patient's death is delayed because the tumour is slowed down. But in the vast majority of cases, the patients with severe disease will still die. They'll die a little later, but they will still die. And the exciting thing about the results with IPI was that this 7-ish percent of patients that had strong responses, once their tumours began to shrink, they shrunk away and they didn't come back. He says the newer pembrolizumab and its equivalent from a different manufacturer, nivolumab, look similar but may actually benefit more patients. And again, the response rates seem in the early data to be durable. In other words, if you're alive at one year, you're alive at two to three, and we, we expect that most of those patients will be alive at ten. And that's why many of us got involved in this debate about funding, because this is a huge step change in cancer therapy. Instead of expecting our drugs to extend life, but not save people's lives necessarily, these drugs look like they are actually going to save lives and that patients are going to be able to resume um, uh, effectively a, a relatively normal life, sometimes living with some side effects from the drugs, but certainly um, having controlled their tumours. Dramatic. He says in contrast, melanoma care in New Zealand at present is in the dark ages. We were showing this most dramatically recently at a conference where we had a leading melanoma specialist from overseas, and he was supposed to be talking to the group about the excitement of what's happening in melanoma care. He'd become so distressed about the state of local melanoma care that he changed his speech and stood up and said, here are the 10 clinical trials that have proven advances in melanoma care that New Zealand is ignoring. So we're just coming into the Auckland Cancer Society Research Centre, uh, which is where our drug discovery program's based. And um, we occupy three floors in this building of the medical school. I've come to find out what a long-term researcher and developer of anti-cancer drugs, Bill Wilson, makes of pembrolizumab. He says a study by Britain's National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, or NICE, showed it gives at least a three-month extension of life. He says that doesn't sound like much, but there's more to it. What we don't know is what the tail on the survival curve is going to look like. The median or the average extension of life is probably going to be substantially more than three months. But for a subset of patients, it may be effectively curative. And one of the attractive features of uh, reawakening the immune system is once you've done it, that might, might be quite a stable state that then ensures that any new tumor cells that arise from the original tumor, there's always a process of evolution going on in tumors and new variants are arising that the immune system may be able to respond to those. Professor Wilson says it looks like it will be a major advance and other countries have moved to fund it. But he stresses he's not criticising Pharmac and it's right to be cautious. It's not an uncommon situation that with the extremely high price of pharmaceuticals in the current environment that New Zealand lags. The price of new drugs since 2014 has been in excess of 120,000 US dollars for every new drug of a new class that's been registered. And these are eye-watering figures. There's no question that these drugs will become available. The question is, 
can they become available before we move to the generic phase when costs come down substantially? Well, can we wait for that? I don't think we can, because the health benefit to people with otherwise terminal cancer is so great in this setting. I think the societal pressure is going to be enormous, and Pharmac will need to respond at some point. Now, the fundamental issue is that Pharmac's budget has effectively been capped for the last five years. And I think as a society, we've got to have a broader debate about the level of funding of new life-saving medicines. I think Pharmac has provided a wonderful service for New Zealand in providing equitable access and rational access to drugs. And we don't want to approach this in a way that undermines that model. I think the fundamental issue is that the budget needs to be increased. Pharmac says the main trial showed most people treated with pembrolizumab either had no change in tumour size or their tumours grew. For one in three, tumours shrank or disappeared, and this was sustained for at least eight months when the analysis ended. But the Cancer Society's medical director, Chris Jackson, insists pembrolizumab is more promising than is indicated by Pharmac's interpretation of the study data. So when Pharmac say only a third of patients respond, that's not true. Only a third of patients have a major shrinkage that meets the radiological definition. We know that two-thirds of patients see their tumours shrink, and that's what's more meaningful to patients and to doctors. Dr Jackson, a medical oncologist, says survival rates at a year, the response rate of patients and the statistical gains in overall survival have never been achieved before. He says it's hard knowing there is something that might help patients, but that it is mostly out of reach. Every day, every week, I sit with patients and talk with treatments which are funded and unfunded, and we have to have those conversations, and people make different decisions based on their own situations. But it's pretty tough sitting there with someone saying, well, there's a treatment that could help you to a great extent, and I just can't give it to you. Uh, that's pretty tough. He also takes issue with Pharmac estimates that if it were funded, 350 patients would be eligible, costing $30 million a year. Even if I had pembrolizumab in my covered today, I certainly couldn't give it to everyone who I see with, um, with melanoma. That just couldn't happen. There are some people who've got other medical conditions which makes it inappropriate. People who've got um, melanoma which has spread to the brain and is very active in the brain, they would be inappropriate to receive pembrolizumab. People who require immune suppression with uh, steroids, for example, for a number of reasons would be inappropriate for it. People who've had a history of active autoimmune disease would be inappropriate for it. So there's a number of groups of people who would be inappropriate. We also know that some people are just too sick. Um, we see people all the time with advanced melanoma who are in absolute perilous and parlous states, and this drug cannot pull people out of the fire, cannot do that. It can take people who have mild to moderate symptoms from their melanoma and help extend their life to a degree, uh, and in occasional patients you get a bit of a miracle. He wants the drug funded as a matter of urgency. We have no effective therapy for people with advanced melanoma. We have some therapy for most cancers. For melanoma, one of our top five cancers, we have nothing. And that is terrible for a country which has one of the highest rates in the world, for people for whom the disease rages uncontrollably, for people who suffer greatly from this illness, we have nothing effective to offer them to extend their life and very limited ways of reducing their morbidity. Yes, we have surgery, yes, we have radiation, but they will mitigate rather than reverse the tide of the disease. But Pharmac, well used to controversy and public pressure, is sticking to its guns over pembrolizumab. 
Its chief executive, Stefan Krauser, says the drug funding agency with its budget of $800 million is reviewing data all the time, but its view hasn't changed yet. Yes, there seems to be efficacy, but we're not quite sure how well it works in the long run. Uh, we're not sure whether it really delivers on survival gains, and um, also there's you know, questions about affordability and other things. And he says it's not just about one drug. There are others, such as nivolumab from Bristol-Myers Squibb, in the same class of immunotherapy medicines. Mr Krauser says clinical data about nivolumab, which is in the process of gaining registration in New Zealand, will yield more answers about the long-term effects of the class that Pharmac needs to know about. If we're going to invest very substantial sums of funding, which is limited in the health system, if we're going to do that, then we really expect to know how likely it is we're going to get the gains that we all want and hope will actually happen. But in the meantime, patients have to wait. In the meantime, there is this question of waiting. If we can't demonstrate clearly that there are gains, that they're real and that they're long-term, then the question is, well, what would we really be investing in, especially if we're in situations where we've got other treatments that are absolutely proven. But we don't in advanced melanoma. But we don't in advanced melanoma, but in other conditions we certainly do. But we're talking about advanced melanoma. This is what this current debate is about. Sure, but the question of how we use our funding that's available for pharmaceuticals extends, yes, into melanoma, into drugs, but also into other pharmaceuticals, because anything spent in one area can't therefore be used in another. The Cancer Society's Chris Jackson is urging Pharmac to fund pembrolizumab temporarily while it gathers more vital information. If, for example, they said, well, we'll suck it up for two years and we'll pay full price for two years and we'll fork out that however many million that is, but we're going to collect data very scrupulously for that two years. We're going to find out how many, um, how many dollars we save in terms of surgeries, how many dollars we save in terms of radiation therapy, how many dollars we save in terms of hospitalisations and admissions, and actually whether or not the drug company's data does stack up in a real-world population. The fellow at the Auckland Cancer Research Centre, Francis Hunter, says the data is early, but few in the field doubt its effectiveness. I think that morally and politically it can only be sustained for so long that New Zealanders fail to have access to a drug that clearly is so effective for a disease that brings so much suffering to our families and communities. Labour's health spokesperson Annette King also says Pharmac is hamstrung by processes that require long-term data. She says a future Labour government would introduce a UK-style early access scheme for such drugs and boost Pharmac's budget. Let me just make a prediction. The government will be doing that soon. And the way that they will fund Keytruda is by increasing the, uh, the budget of Pharmac and saying, look, we didn't make them do it. Then Pharmac will approve um, Keytruda. And I'm absolutely certain that's how it's going to work. And they can then say, look, our hands are clean. We didn't instruct them. But they didn't instruct them in public. But Stefan Krauser rejects the temporary funding proposal. It's absolutely the role of the pharmaceutical companies that look to charge very extreme prices for some of these treatments to actually demonstrate the benefit of their products. It's not for Pharmac to fund in advance of that to demonstrate for the companies that they are effective. And rather than being hamstrung by its own processes, he insists the Pharmac model works and works well, whatever other countries decide to fund or not fund. We will wait until the time that we are 
reasonably sure that we know what you'd be buying before we'd be committing that sort of sum, the order of hundreds of thousands of dollars per patient. We have to do that. So whether that comes through from nivolumab or whether that comes through for pembrolizumab, I don't think necessarily matters too much to Pharmac. What we want to do is come to the right answer and actually to do that as soon as reasonably possible. Which, for the meantime at least, leaves surgery as the mainstay for patients. This is the plastic surgical unit. My registrar is still finishing, but I've, I've done the main part of the work. Surgeon Gary Duncan, chair of the Melnet group of professionals working in melanoma, is at the end of a typical day. He's just finished operating on four patients with advanced melanoma, hoping to cure them. Melanoma starts as a cancer on the skin. It sometimes spreads to other sites, most commonly to the lymph nodes, that is the glands that drain various parts of the body. It, it's often contained there before it spreads more widely, and if we can remove the spread of melanoma from those sites, we can cure patients. The problem is we don't know which ones have a more advanced spread than just to the regional lymph nodes, so we can't guarantee to cure it. But surgery, up until now, has been the only option. He says it is early days, but the immunotherapy drugs could well be game changers. The drugs now have been authorised for use in New Zealand. They cannot be accessed through the public hospital system, and so patients do have to seek the treatment privately. If you have the funds, I imagine you would spend it if it was the only possible hope of treating your cancer and saving your life. Would you spend it? Absolutely. But he won't be surprised if the lack of funding continues. I think it's the way we are going to go. We are not going to be able to afford universal, high-cost medicine for everybody in New Zealand going into the future. At some stage we reach the limit, and already services are rationed in the public system. But an Auckland melanoma surgical oncologist, Richard Martin, is impatient to have the new drugs funded. This drug's different. I'm sorry, it is truly different. And the data is astounding. Um, and a 70% two-year survival rate is unprecedented. Most people are dead within four to six months of metastatic melanoma. So this is, un this is groundbreaking stuff. There's, you cannot question the data. Yes, the funding of it is a problem. The clinicians don't question the pharmac model but we, we do question the low-priority decision on this particular drug. He believes it ticks all the boxes that Pharmac is obliged to consider. This is the biggest area of unmet clinical need in New Zealand at the moment. Every other type of cancer has a funded option. Now, some of them are very effective, some of them are not so effective, but everyone has an option. With melanoma, there is no funded option that works. He thinks any delay would be unconscionable. Well, unfortunately, more and more people are going to die. More and more people are going to be desperate for funding for this drug. More and more people are going to be mortgaging their houses because they know this drug works and they want to get their hands on it. The Health Minister, Jonathan Coleman, wouldn't be interviewed for this programme but says he stands by Pharmac. Whatever Pharmac's decision regarding pembrolizumab for advanced melanoma, there are other debates in store. That's because the drug is already in trials overseas for many more potential future cancer therapies. For Dr Hunter, from the Auckland Cancer Society Research Centre, it means one thing. We really have to decide how we're going to deal with this as a society because are we going to be having this debate in a few years' time about whether we fund this drug for lung cancer or for kidney cancer or for gastric cancer?
In the meantime, patients with advanced melanoma are left counting their pennies, fundraising and hoping. I'm Karen Brown and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to get in touch, you can contact us via email at insight at radionz.co.nz or our Twitter handle is at insightrnz. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Phil Benge.